Hi and welcome to the Girl Next Door podcast. I'm your host Renee Bennett and this is a leadership podcast for ordinary girls compelled to lead an extraordinary life. Make sure you come and find me on social media, girlnextdoor.podcast. Hey guys, I hope you've had a really great start to the week. I know I have. It is so super hot though here in Queensland. Oh my gosh. Maybe you're in a state or a country, because actually we've got listeners from all around the world, so I've been seeing, which is amazing. Maybe it's cold where you are. Good luck to you. It's hot here. Hey, um, thanks for all your feedback too on Cameron's and my podcast that we did on Valentine's Day. That was so fun to do and had a lot of feedback, which is great. I know you guys enjoyed it. So let's get straight into today. And I'm going to, um, at the end, answer, I've had quite a few listener questions, but I'll try and get to like one at a time. Maybe I'll have to do a whole Q&A session. But um, today is all about help. Why don't people listen to me? So I'm going to share with you six ways to get people to value your opinion, six ways to perhaps get people to listen to what you have to say, which, you know, in today's climate can be pretty difficult because I think we've got an oversaturation of opinions. There are so many opinions out there. Anyone and everyone can give opinions on anything and everything. And I don't know if you're like me, but sometimes I really get sick of seeing all the different opinions on Instagram or Facebook. I kind of just gloss over them. So how do we not be that person? How do we be a leader, particularly a female leader, where people want to listen to us. So let's dive in. Maybe you can take notes on this one or get your team to listen to this one. So number one is this. Number one, don't demand that people listen to you or don't expect people to listen to you. So how do we do that? Well, don't offer your opinion very often. That might be a bit countercultural, but that is what's going to make us stand out. Be the person that's not always giving our opinion about every single topic. Why? Because the person who always offers their opinion is actually annoying and tiresome to other people. You know, like even as a teacher, often it would be the same kid in the class that if you ask a question, the same kid, bless them, would always put their hand up. And, um, you know, people get a bit tired of always hearing from the same person. They get annoyed with someone that always offers up their opinion. So always giving our opinion loud and clear and never asking others questions or their opinions, but only giving our opinions, it's actually the sign of a toxic person or a toxic leader because they want to be the center of attention. Um, And that includes on social media, by the way. So my advice would be, Wait to give your opinion until you're asked because that's actually the sign of a really healthy leader. It shows that you're secure. It shows that you're humble. um, It shows that you're respectful and that you have thought for other people. So let me give you an example of this, of someone who doesn't demand that people listen to them. It's actually actually Cameron. Um, Cameron is really good at this. He never just He very rarely actually offers up his opinion, but I always see him, even if I know that he knows what an answer to a question is, or he is very firm on what his opinion is on something, he always will ask the other person that he's talking to what their opinion is. 
And you know, I mean, Cameron has had a lot of experience in leadership. He's got 20 years under his belt of running really successful ministries, Youth Alive being one of them. And man, I have watched other people often talk down to him because he doesn't flaunt his opinion. He doesn't go into a room or into a, you know, a, a conversation with someone, letting them know what his opinions are, letting them know all the things that he's done. He's actually really super humble and he doesn't say anything. But I tell you what, at times I've had to watch him swallow some interesting pills from other people who are very opinionated and they almost patronize him or talk down to him. Like I remember when we were first starting public church and I think some people forgot, you know, that we've actually got 20 years experience under our belt and we've been in some of the largest churches in Australia. We've learned from incredible leaders. We've been running Youth Alive um, very successfully here just in Queensland for 10 years. And yet when we started our church, I remember a couple of people, probably one comes to mind in particular, where they really kind of were like, oh, oh you're going to be great. And they were giving advice as if he, we had no idea what we were doing. I was getting annoyed, but Cameron was so patient. Um, and so, uh, you know, he even then didn't give his opinion. He just sat back and listened. So that's my first one. Don't offer your opinion. Don't demand that other people listen to you. Just be the quiet one. Wait until you're asked. Number two, understand your circle of competence. Now, let me explain that. I'll say it again. Understand your circle of competence. So think of like a bigger circle, if you could have like a picture in front of you, think of a bigger circle with a smaller circle inside of it. So perhaps think of like a dinner plate size circle, that's the bigger one, and a small glass, if I were to draw around a small glass inside, think of that, that kind of comparison, a dinner plate to a small glass. The bigger circle <clears throat> is what we think we know, the smaller circle is what we actually know. The smaller circle is our area of competence. This is an area that we've got knowledge in, an area that we've got experience in. We should actually keep our opinions within that smaller circle of our competence. But what's happening is we've got a society where that is completely flipped and people are giving opinions that are way outside of their area of competence and they give opinions about what they think they know rather than what they actually know. So people give strong opinions way outside of their age experience, way outside of their life experience and way outside of their knowledge. Don't be that person. Know what your area of competence is and stick within that. Um, you know, even even with doing this podcast, the other week I had a really young girl just write me this big, 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 big long message and wondered why I kind of was like, oh, cool, yeah, thanks, but no thanks. Um, and she kind of was questioning me and I'm like, well, she's super, super young. I've been in leadership for 20 years. I knew what I was talking about on this particular instant and she's got no experience whatsoever. So that's kind of like having an opinion outside of your funnel, having an opinion outside of your area of competence. So what happens is if you stick within your area of competence, people will actually have a lot greater respect for you because they know, oh yeah, well that person knows what they're talking about when it comes to that particular area and so they'll listen to you. So we need to ask ourselves, do 
Have I earned the right to this opinion? Is it in my area of competence because I've earned a right to it? So then my first two, don't offer your opinion often or don't demand that people listen to your opinion, number one. Number two, understand your circle of competence. So I'll give you another example on that one. I cannot, I, I hate going to the gym. I'm not good at the gym. I don't go to the gym. I had a membership once <laughs> and I had to cancel it. But really I had a membership because I just wanted to do the treadmill and air conditioning instead of going for a walk. However, Cameron loves going to the gym. He like, I don't know, he lifts really heavy weights, like 200 kilos, like ridiculous weights. So if I sat here and started giving you opinions on, well, you know what, you need to go to the gym and this is the program you should follow and this is how you lift weights and this is how you do this and this is how you do that. You literally have got the right to completely laugh in my face because I've got no idea what I'm talking about. That's like way outside of my area of competence. However, you can ask Cameron about the gym or how you should do particular exercises or what your form should be. That's within his area of competence. So you can see what I'm saying. Like, seriously, you should have like no respect for me whatsoever if I start talking about the gym because I've got no idea. But it actually really blows my mind when people have strong opinions on topics that they have really little experience about. There's a quote I love. Listen to this one. Successful people have libraries. The rest have um, big screen TVs. So in other words, listen to the people who know their stuff, who have done the research, who have the experience, not the ones that just sit back and watch everyone else's opinions. All right, number three, results earns respect. When you produce results, that earns respect. So your fruit earns you a seat at the table. Russell, my pastor years ago, always would say, only look to people who have runs on the board. So obviously that's a cricket analogy. Another thing I probably shouldn't be talking about, because I have no idea about cricket, but I knew what he meant. You listen to people who have clocked up runs on the board, who have fruit, who have got results in their life. And so that's what we need to do is be people that realize that we will have the right to be listened to when we've got results in a particular area. Carrie Newhoff is one of my favorite leadership podcasting gurus. I love listening to him. He says this, and it's a little, it's probably a little bit on the harsh side, but it's truth. It's a truth bomb. If you have an opinion, but no results, I don't really care what you think. Let me say it again. And it's not me saying this. This is Carrie Newhoff. If you have an opinion, but no results, I don't really care what you think. So I had um, a girl that I absolutely love that um, I'm, you know, really, really good friends with. And she, a little while ago, was getting really frustrated that some of the girls weren't being listened to in this particular uh, in this particular area, in this particular organization. She was getting really cross about it and she was letting the, the head leader of the organization know. And then she rang me and she's like, Renee, I'm so frustrated. And I said to her, you know what? I completely get it. But the only way that you'll get respect in that room is if you've actually got fruit. If you've got some results yourself, then they'll start to listen. And so I said to her, go and grow some really good fruit because then you can't be ignored. So that's what I've tried to do in the Youth Alive Academy. I've been working quietly away at the academy for five years, 
I started with five students five years ago and even up until recently, most people have assumed that it's been Cameron that's been running the academy or, or behind the success of the academy and it always makes me laugh. Like even recently we had a few senior pastors come through and do some chapels and even after they clearly saw that I was running it, um, they said to Cameron, oh, well done, mate, you've done a great job here. And I, my favorite emoji is the face palm. I could just imagine myself face palming while they said it because I'm like, oh, my gosh, they still don't get it. But Cameron actually doesn't run the academy. I do. Now, obviously, he's a huge part behind the scenes with, like, particularly the business side of things. But you know what? It doesn't worry me because what happens if you just keep consistent and you become spectacularly, ridiculously good at what you do, the results will earn the respect. So now the academy is at the point it's grown from five students five years ago um, to last year we had over 130 students in um, seven locations right around Australia. So now people are going, oh, and then they, they listen because they can see that we've got the results. So there you go. Number one, don't expect or demand people to listen to your opinion. Number two, understand your circle of competence. And number three, your results earns respects. Respect. Number four, be the person who shows, not tells. Say that again. Number four, be the person who shows, not tells. In other words, I'd rather be, I'd rather people see how I'm living, how I'm leading, how I'm going about, uh, for example, academy or whatever it is I'm doing, rather than telling people. So let your, again, it's probably similar to the last one, to let your results speak for themselves. But don't feel like you have to prove yourself to people. Don't feel like you have to tell people about what you're doing. Just put your head down, quietly do the work and let the results show for itself. I think it's way more powerful in a, in a society with an abundance of opinions that you be the person that lives in such a way that people start asking you, you for your opinion. They start asking the questions instead of you offering them up. So that's number four. Number five is this. Be known for what you stand for, not what you stand against. So be known for what you stand for, not what you stand against. Why? Because people are inspired by positive people who are really clear on what they stand for. So save your opinions for those moments. So many people can be negative and, um, you know, over often I often find that opinions are really just people's opportunity to be negative about something. Um, and something that Cameron and I are probably really, and this is probably more so even come from Cameron, he's like, you know what, let's be people that are known for what we stand for because that's way more inspiring. And people want to listen to people who have got a positive edge and a positive spin on life. So again, an example from the Academy, we've got 10 manifestos that remind everyone what we stand for. And all of them are written in a positive way. Like we at the Academy, we do this. The Academy, it looks like this. And it's all good and positive. But what it's doing is it's setting a really clear culture. And then that culture speaks for itself. So... We're nearly there. Number one, don't demand that people listen to your opinion. Number two, understand your circle of competence. Number three, results earns respect. 
Number four, be the person who shows, not tells. Number five, be known for what you stand for, not what you stand against. And number six, remember, wisdom is your best friend. Wisdom is your best friend. What do I mean by that? Yes, everyone has the right to an opinion. A young girl reminded me of that just the other day. She's like, well, I have the right to my opinion. And I'm like, yes, you do. Everybody does. But do you know what? Wisdom is what tells us when to give our opinion and when to keep quiet. And I think that's something that we should always remember is, yes, it's always everyone's right to have their opinion. Everyone can say what they want, free speech and all of that. But it's a wise person who knows when to speak and when not to speak. The Bible talks about in Proverbs that the way of the wise winds upwards. In other words, their life always gets better and bigger and more influential. And part of the reason is a person who has wisdom knows when to speak and when not to speak. And that just increases your influence with the people around you. So... There you go. There are my six, um, my six ways to get people to listen to you. And the last thing I wanted to say about that was don't let other people's opinions stop you either. So I've been talking about you and us and our opinions and how to get people to listen to us, but people will always have opinions about us as well. And I will definitely do a whole podcast on that because I do think that in a lot of areas, girls are probably judged a little bit differently, maybe a little bit on the harder side at times. Um, and I've spoken about this or I wrote a, I think I did an Instagram a while ago when it absolutely went bananas Um, you know, even like our voice tone, for example, guys can be a lot easier to listen to than girls. And even the way we dress when it comes to being on stage, all all of those different things, everyone's going to have an opinion on us. And I definitely will address those things later, but don't let other people's opinions stop you from showing up and sharing your message that you've been put on this planet to share. So it kind of goes two ways. So there you go. I hope that's helped you. And I just want to finish off with a listener question, which is such a cute one. In fact, it wasn't a question. It was a statement. Uh, This girl said, help, I'm scared of awkward. And I laughed. It really stood out to me, that one. I laughed because I'm like, "Um, do you know what? We're all scared of awkward. But some people are more awkward than others, right? Like, I don't have to be honest with you. I can be so awkward sometimes. Um... So this is my advice to you. Embrace the awkward. I can do the dumbest thing sometimes. Um, Okay, I'm one of these people. Every time someone gives me a hug, two things happen. One of two awkward things happen. I either don't know whether to go for like side hug or like front hug. You know what I'm saying? It's like which one's the polite one to do, front hug, side hug. And then depending on which hug I go for, majority of the time, I step on the other person's foot. That is embarrassing. I still do it to Cameron to this day. Cameron will give me a big hug and I'm like, hello, we've been married 22 years and I still step on his foot and we just laugh. Often he'll go be, you know, he'll be like, you bumbling fool, but he's completely joking. We laugh about it. Um, So I've, I've done terribly awkward things. I remember... One day we had 
oh my gosh, we had Robert and Taylor Madhu over from America for a Youth Alive conference. And um, I took Taylor out and I parked my car in the underneath car park at South Bank. And she was in high heels and she thought she was pregnant at the time. It turned out that she was. So she was kind of really tired and I lost my car. I literally could not find my car. We were walking from one end to the other. I was dying of slow embarrassment. And I'm like, I'm literally praying under my breath. Oh, Lord, please help me, help me, help me, help me. Jesus, help me find my car, help me find my car. It took us so long to find my car. So honestly, I just say, don't be scared of awkward. You know, the only reason that we're actually scared of awkward is because we're worried about how we're coming across to other people. And I think one of the beauties of getting older-ish is you you kind of tend to care less. So if I could give you some mama wisdom from someone that's perhaps a little bit older than the person that asked this question, if I can tell you now, just be as comfortable with yourself as you can. And if you have awkward moments, honestly, embrace them, laugh about them, and it'll make other people feel comfortable that you can be awkward and still laugh and still embrace it. So I say embrace the awkward, love the awkward, I love people who are a bit outside the box and quirky and just make it a wonderful part of who you are. Anyway, today's been a bit of a short one, but I really hope you've enjoyed it. Please keep the feedback coming. I've loved all of your inboxes. If you've got other questions or any particular topics that you'd like me to cover, please let me know and I will do my best to get around to it. So have a wonderful, wonderful rest of the week. And I am really looking forward to being with you next week. See ya. Make sure you come and find me on social media, girlnextdoor.podcast.